Okay, let's start off with a prayer. Om Sahana Bhavatu Sahana Bhunaktu Sahabiryam Karavavahai Tejasvina Bhadita Mastuma Vidvishavahai Om Shanti 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 Shri Guru Namaha Harihi Om Good morning, good evening. So, um, summarizing what we discussed last week, we were mulling on slokas 31 to 40. And I guess that we will continue to do that uh, uh, this week as well. Um, interestingly, you know, me and my wife, we were driving to Davis and we were listening to the last week's GD. And we were just having fun that, you know, the entire group was pulling Buddha's leg all through. So, <laughs> so it seems to me that, you know, we have analyzed uh, what was Buddha's Swadharma more than what we have analyzed our own Swadharma. <laughs> so, so uh, the, uh, um, in, in the last week, GD, we analyzed uh, what is Swadharma and how to find our own Swadharma in the current context, right? So, so then uh, there was this talk about uh, uh, Samanya Dharma and Visesha Dharma. Samanya Dharma being um, the common uh, 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 common Dharma, what we are supposed to do, like being truthful and things like that. And then Visesha Dharma is the special role that we will have to do based on the uh, roles what we are doing currently in our uh, in our lives. Uh, that was that was an interesting thing that what we discussed. Then then we also talked about uh, the uh, the uh, the bane of the caste system the way it is today. That it is not by it it should not be by birth, but it should be by natural uh, proclivities or swabhava, uh, as what we talked about. And then then we went on into a big uh, discussion about understanding what was Buddha's uh, swadharma. Was it like a prince or like a mendicant? And uh, there was this nice note about uh, Swami, Swami uh, Sarvapriyananda's instruction about uh, doing things that come naturally to you, that makes you happy, and also that makes others happy. There was uh, 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 a comment that, uh, you know, Krishna, uh, Krishna was not uh, random, as in uh, the Gita's Krishna was not random. He had chosen Arjuna. Um, to fight because Arjuna was ready to fight. He had those Kshatriya tendencies and he was only encouraging him to do his own Swadharma, which was to fight and not to go against his own nature because he will regret it and he'll keep thinking about it. And uh, that kind of, you know, uh, when I was reading back the, uh, 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 the shlokas uh, for this week's preparation, I kind of, you know, felt that uh, what Alpana you had mentioned in the chat was a very important point. Uh, where you said, you said something like, you know, if you can uh, go back to sleep without any regrets in the night or without any uh, 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 guilt feeling in the night, then you know that you have done your job. 
that kind of you know uh, something came up in 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 the chapter what i was reading and it says that uh, swadharma basically means that where you will not have any guilt of not having done or omitted some part of your job right so the 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 key point is like you know if you not do something you should not feel guilty about it then it is not your dharma but if you feel guilty about not having done something then it you know that it is your dharma and you must be doing it that's the key uh, message what i kind of you know took took off from that thing from then we discussed a little bit about uh, uh, ikigai and then you know uh, finding finding your own uh, uh, ikigai and then also talked about a concept called johari window and then we also talked about uh, uh, you know uh, how people take decisions especially when it comes to um leaving a particular job and taking another job basically when they figure out that there is no job satisfaction for them and that kind of you know comes in in the context of uh, a beautiful story that kishore narrated of his own um, uh, personal story in terms of how how the swadharma comes in there and then the internal conflicts when they are good and when they are not good we talked about that a little bit and uh, then finally we went on to talk about uh, uh, swadharma swabhav and swarup the whole idea being the swarup is what who we truly are and swabhav is what our current natural tendencies is and swadharma is what we have to do to align the natural tendencies to swarup so that's what we talked about so and uh, i am not sure if i missed anything if i missed anything please add and then we can continue with uh, this week's gd all right so looks like uh, we've covered uh, the summary there so um, again shlokas 21 to 30 anyone can um, go on maybe we we should just start off with uh, for the first couple of minutes to really uh, clarify what swadharma is in case there is any uh, uh, questions that we any one of us have we let's clarify that and before we move on to other uh, topics haryom rajesh uh i thought i'll do a uh, ice breaker on swadharma topic actually so <laughs> don't mind and connecting geeta and uh, vishnu sahasranam so so uh, recently i had like this uh, heard this lecture that really clarified this one shloka for me so in geeta in chapter 18 lord krishna finally says uh, sarva dharman parityajya mam ekam sharanam raja you can discard all the dharma just think about me surrender to me and that is mostly i've seen so far been interpreted as like oh if you are going to believe in the bhakti part to come to me then then discard like whatever you think as your dharma or swadharma or something and in that particular way uh, but in this lecture i saw a very slight uh, different interpretation of it like just like the bhagavad gita has this infinite reservoir that keeps on coming so uh, this interpretation was uh, sri nochur venkatraman while doing the uh, autobiography of sri ramana maharshi he mentioned this so the same vyasa through bhishma also in vishnu sahasranamam uh, there is this shloka that goes veera shakti matam shreshtha dharmo dharma viduttamah it comes and then i looked it up like so the the 403 and 404th uh, terms given to lord vishnu is one you are dharma 
and then 404 is amongst who know dharma you are the highest form of dharma so when now taking this back and then again looking at the context of sarva dharma and parityaja that does not mean just drop your dharma it means what you think of as your dharma that is really not the thing because you think of your dharma as a lot of material things and connected to this or like in uh, much simpler ways and of course we still do need that to kind of ascend in our spiritual scales but the real dharma is only atman brahman realization vishnu shiva however you want to say that as this one entity and that is now your true dharma that is what he meant by sarva dharma and parityaja it does not mean drop dharma but drop what you think of as dharma the, the false fake dharma that you have made up but keep the, the real dharma as the self realization as the uh, only thing it was like very uh, mind mind blowing and titillating to me thought i would share wonderful krishna as always we hope that you will write up a blog post about it <laughs> yes yeah i mean uh, if i can come in rajesh uh, i uh, i get the whole idea of swabhav and swadharma uh, i think we spoke at length about it uh, last last week i'm still struggling with uh, how do you connect swadharma with swarupa i mean kind of conceptually i think i kind of get the sort of the broad sort of idea around it but i am sort of not clear to be honest as to how do you kind of align the two the swadharma and the swarupa and i know atna you gave a bit of a uh, explanation last week but i am kind of lost on that i don't know what that what that really means vp if you are saying something we can't hear you no sorry i'll just mute my line kishore is saying and kishore we can't hear you yeah kishore your audio is uh, not good today is it better now or no yes okay oh. yep can you all right no i was i was saying ajay uh, that it was a it's a very good good question um the way i related uh, um, in in terms of swadharma to the path of self realization is that if we don't do our swadharma i don't think we can be at peace right i don't think our mind can be restful and um it's going to be restless it's going to be agitated because there will be an undercurrent of uh, you can call it guilt or you can call it um uh, something you're supposed to be doing that you're not doing or you're violating one of those one of the universal values right so it could be one of those but it's going to be there that undercurrent is going to be there and with that kind of an undercurrent how can we achieve something bigger right Uh, as big as uh, self realization so this is one of those things in in terms of uh, um of removing the thorn one by one and making sure that you uh, you don't have that agitation uh, while you're in the process right so i look at it from that angle 
uh, I don't I don't know if others uh, see yeah. that what what they feel. Yeah, it's an interesting way to look at it. So you know, that's helpful, at least in terms of the direction of uh, how you approach it. So what you're saying, if I can paraphrase uh, Kishore, is that it helps remove the big shaper, which kind of calms your mind and helps you get onto the journey of self-realization, which is not going to be possible without, without, uh, without that. Mm. Right. Right, right. Interesting. No, that's that's very helpful. I mean, I'd welcome any other perspective, but that's that's quite quite nice. Uh, sure. Uh, I think there is a good comment on clarification on I think uh, Swadharma dropping others. The the kind of the perspective, at least uh, I have there is, I mean, all of us have starting point of a Swadharma, right? Could be based on anything. Uh, I'm, I'm a businessman, I'm a programmer, I'm a technical architect, whatever, right? Or I'm a, uh, wherever you one starts with. But if you start kind of seeking the who am I, uh, am I that, right? So basically, let's say somebody starts with, I want to become a really good technical architect as an example, right? Or I want to become an entrepreneur, I want to become a millionaire. But any, any, anything, any, doesn't really matter where the start is, right? Based on, but once you reach it, then there is going to be still emptiness. I mean, all of us would have seen this in our lives. Right? We set some goals, we get there. And, and once you get it, you still there is emptiness. And then you start questioning what, what, is, what is that I wanted to do next, right? It's still not fulfilled me. Uh, that's typically how the, the Swadharma becomes Swarupa, right? That's a, typically the journey. So that's not really matter where you start, but the, as long as the underlying questioning is going on, and the once you reach the point, you, the realization will come, this is still not fulfilling me. This is not really the true me. Then the next chapter opens up, and that's the next chapter opens up. And then, then till the Swarupa has merged. Uh, that's typically how the journey uh, is envisioned there. And that's exactly what I think uh, the shloka uh, Saradharma Parichatam talks about is all these are false. Any identity that we have, uh, I'm using the word identity for Swadharma uh, as being equivalent. Anything that you have, Till the Swarupa is achieved, this is, is, the, is the journey, right? And you can start with anywhere. There's no, there's no good, bad, ugly start. You could, you could be a thief and you can start with that Swadharma. And then once you, once you reach your goal, then you realize it's, it's not fulfilling you, right? Then you start going in deeper and going in deeper. And sometimes this can happen. This is a typically also happens over multiple journeys in, in, in our, in our uh, scriptures, when they talk about rebirths, this is exactly how you drop at one point. Uh, you are poor, you want to become rich in the next birth, you become rich, then again, you're unfulfilled. Either all this can happen in one birth or this can happen in many births. But the journey typically is you start with where you, moving towards fulfillment or happiness, uh, and then once you get there, uh, there's still emptiness. Till the Swarupa is reached, the emptiness will continue. And the Swarupa reached, then it, everything dissolves at that point. That's how I kind of integrate these two ideas. That's just a perspective. Very nice, Muku. Very nice. No, thank you, Muku. That's very helpful. Yeah. So uh, you know, I uh, uh, I probably would uh, would say it in, in 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 the same same thing what Muku you you stated and uh, uh, in a in a slightly different way, but maybe you know it, it may be worth uh, repeating that. Uh, um, uh, this point of view. So if you look at it, you know, at the end of the day, um, just step back for a second and look at, look at 
all all of humanity everybody is going on a particular path you know everyone is chasing something or the other uh, we are chasing something or the other and we just just keep chasing and assuming there is one point of time we don't reach to understanding the concept of uh, the true identity the atma then we will we'll be doing what we have been doing and we'll get what we what we deserve to get out of you know having done the same thing now suddenly what's happening is there is this new found wisdom which which somebody has put in our mind that you don't seem to be who you truly are you are living somebody else's life okay and when i mean when i mean to what i mean to say by uh, saying when you are living somebody else's life is that uh, if you are x but you are you know you're living the life of x plus y which is what you assume you are in 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 our case you are x as the atman but x plus y is we assume that it is sometimes we assume body is our is our uh, own self sometimes we assume our mind is our self sometimes we assume our idea the concept that you know um, i want to do this i the concept that i am truthful or the concept that i am honest or whatever that that you hold i am a great speaker or i am a great uh, writer whatever that you have idea great businessman that holds much stronger in us now unfortunately is it right for us to live our own life or is it right to live somebody else's life what is our you know uh, what should we be doing when the when the questioning comes in then we realize that we have probably been living somebody else's life not our own life and then you'll have to say okay looks like i've been wrongly anchored on something else that i am not right and then you start anchoring yourself on i'm using this word anchor deliberately because that's that's going to be very very powerful when you go on um, later on to uh, change the course of the ship so then you start anchoring yourself onto who you truly are and at this point of time there's always a dichotomy the dichotomy is who you truly are you know that this is the light 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 post but then you know your ship is still going in the path and you are not able to you know you know that you have to take make some course corrections into your into your behavior and your natural proclivities that you think it is natural but they are not you actually what is you is this light post that is never going to change it's always going to remain but we are in the middle of the ship and titanic has to be changed and slowly one step at a time you change those things say that oh this is not me this is not me discard them discard those behaviors and how do how does one discard one discards if you can hold on to something else today if 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 for example you know letting go of tea and coffee and you know vp rajesh can answer that uh, very well much better than what i do you know when you are when you are struggling with an addiction with the uh, tea or coffee you need something else to replace tea or coffee for some time and after that you have to get rid of that replacement also so you need an anchor to move from one place to another place to change course of your ship even drinking for example right that's the that's what people do um uh, then you slowly you keep changing so once you start identifying those things that you think are not natural for you that is not that is not expected to be natural for you because your your swabhav is something uh, uh swarup is something else and your swabhav is something else you change change course one at a ship but then the anchor is always there so every time you remind yourself say that this anchor is permanent that is who i am then it becomes easier for you to anchor yourself to that particular thing and move otherwise what's going to happen is you know sometimes we'll get confused okay am i doing right am i not doing right you know i spoke the truth in in this situation it seemed right i spoke the same uh, spoke spoke truth in another situation people perceived it wrong what is right i don't know 
So we'll get into that confusion unless until we anchor ourselves. Rajesh, Rajesh, if I may, yeah, go um, ahead, I had a question uh, on what um, Mukundan was saying. Um, the way he was describing Suru, um, it sounded like uh, Mirwana or Moksha. So I was just wondering, are they synonyms or am I getting further confused between Sarupa and Mirwana or Moksha? Yeah, I think uh, the way in this context of the way I explained, yeah, Sarupa is the uh, I am the consciousness experience. Uh, it, Nirvana, Moksha could be the words. Many words are used for that. But the, the, in the context, yes, they are the same. Enlightenment. The experience oh. of enlightenment. That's a Sarupa. Till that point, everything is unreal in the general. Okay, thanks. I have a, another question on the similar lines, right? I think it's uh, Sloka 33. It says any act of seeking any of the sensuousness or the world objects is all about in creating agitations in mind and so it's necessarily a sin. Is that a right interpretation? You know, that is a sin. I mean, I think this is all a journey is what we are talking about. Unless and until we go to that ultimate state of renunciation and the nirvana that we spoke about, there will be something or other that's going on in mind. Does it mean that we are, that this path is all full of, you know, committing sins? I don't know. How do we interpret it? It's a journey. You know, that, that's a little bit of a powerful statement that was made there. Yeah, so let, let me take that. You know, I want to go back to what I was saying, right? So let's let's read that word once again. Any act of sensuousness which the mind pants for in the world of objects, okay? Hoping to get thereby a joy and satisfaction creates necessarily within itself increasing agitation. So it's a question of the sensuousness which the mind pants for in the world of objects. So it is what the mind associates with a particular object. It's not about the object itself. Going and you know buying something is not a problem, but having the feeling, okay, I am going to get joy or I'm going to get satisfaction out of this particular object, that's a wrong feeling. Because we discussed earlier on the object or people or things or positions that we see in the outside world will not give us that satisfaction. It is the misplaced um, uh, view that we have that those things provide us that satisfaction. The so-called attachment is what can what is termed as a sin and causing agitations, and we have to go beyond that. Not necessarily seeking those objects. Or correct. Correct. I think in, in the previous paragraph, uh, I think Swami uh, Chinmayananda is saying that for somebody who who should be a householder but decides to go and you know become an ascetic they also will have the agitations in their mind, even though they've given up all these uh, worldly objects. And that is also a sin. That's what he says in the previous paragraph. Yeah, I, I think that was nailed in the last conversation by saying, I think Ranjini's example, if uh, I think he would go on chopping trees if he didn't, uh, if he didn't yeah. you know, get those answers kind of stuff, right? Was it about Arjuna Ranjini that you said? Yeah, yeah. But I, I think, so it seems to me that sin is more about the agitations in the mind 
rather than you know specifically running after worldly objects or or not whichever way you do it if if it causes agitations in the mind and so it's not in line with your swadharma that that would become a sin muku i see your hand raised yeah so just uh, one connotation of the word sin because english is slightly a poor language at least over the years of studying scriptures uh, sometimes the word sin is associated with guilt uh, but in hindu sanatan dharma uh, i mean all these discussions when they're using the word sin um, it's it's really a realization you do what you do in avidya or without understanding proper understanding and then once you experience something or you understand is a bigger thing then you move towards the bigger thing there is no guilt in this journey um that's why we have to be very careful when we read this word sin in a lot of these translations uh, the traditional word like sin a lot of times is kind of associated with the guilt right i'm not good enough i did something wrong uh, but that sense of guilt is never there in hindu sanatan dharma hindu sanatan dharma doesn't sanskrit doesn't have a good word for that equivalent with that feeling of guilt where you are putting down yourself so i just I just want to kind of highlight that it's a really an important very subtle aspect of it it's like a child who's playing who cries for a, a broken toy when he's young and uh, a car is broken he cries but when he's becomes like a teenage boy he doesn't cry it's the same exact way right we all we all move towards some sensuous objects uh, thinking that's the end of the life uh, but when you realize that there's something bigger you move towards that but there is no undercurrent why did i do this or why did i not do this that's really uh, i just want to kind of uh, uh, highlight that point the word sin uh, does not have guilt in hindu sanatan dharma or any of these scriptures just wanted to highlight that the well said muko yeah that's that's beautiful yeah so he he calls it pop right in in the book yeah, so i uh, rajesh regarding what you said like Uh, you should follow what your subhav is, you know, and do a course correction accordingly. Suppose um, subhav is going this way, but you are still going the other way. You should do course correction and move. So, in that respect, I would like to say, like, give an example. Like, you know, maybe your subhav is something, and then you have to move in another direction because you have to conform to the society. you know so where does that fit in like especially i'd like to give an example of teenagers you know maybe they have too many girlfriends or boyfriends whereas the parents say no you know you shouldn't have hang around with so many you know girlfriends or boyfriends because that doesn't conform with the society especially for a indian family maybe so the swabhav may be something but uh because you have to conform to the society you have to adjust yourself to behave in a different manner so i am just having this you know doubt here like your swabhav may be something but many times you have to adjust and readjust yourself to conform to the society what the expectations are because you are living in the society with a bunch of people you know and so what is what the society will think or what the expectations are so you have to conform towards that irrespective of what your swabhav is so that's a little bit of doubt i am having so uh, sonali i i do not think that uh, um, uh, 
uh, you know, uh, course correction, when I said that, I did, I did not mean course correction in the way that society expects us to behave. Then that's, then that's worse. It's like going away from the lighthouse to going into some waves who are also kind of, you know, uh, who, who give you an illusion that, you know, they are they're stable, but the waves themselves are in the, in the ocean are themselves changing. So I'm not too sure if that is what I meant. So, uh, uh, you know, I don't mean to say that conforming to society is what is the right thing. I, by the way, incidentally, yesterday I was watching this um, chat show. I, I, some of you in Tamil, you might have watched it. It's called Nia Nana. If you've not watched it, you know, if you're in Tamil, you should watch it. There is this guy called Gopinath who, who takes a bunch of people uh, and he puts in a topic. It's puts in a topic and the topic is sometimes usually controversial. And the topic that yesterday I watched was, you know, he was in, uh, I think he was in Delaware somewhere and he got two bunch, two sets of people. And he said, okay, does, uh, does, a, does the society make us change our behavior or do we change our behavior and blame things on the society? Okay. And it's wonderful to watch it because finally the conclusion, what he concludes and he, he, you know, there are a lot of people in you know, all of us, um, um, you know, all these uh, folks in the that uh, Delaware so Tamil society folks were talking and uh, they were arguing against each other. And finally, what this guy concludes is that most of the time we make some changes to our behavior and blame it onto society. For example, you know, he uses this example okay, if someone says, you know, don't wear short skirts uh, because it's not good, then we say, in our culture, it is not there, you should not wear short skirts. I mean, if you go and ask who is this society who is saying, you know, who don't wear short skirts, there may, there, may be, there may be two or three people who will say don't wear short skirts, but the society is not just two or three people. So what he says is that, you know, conforming to quote unquote society is a myth. It's, it's, it's in our mind. He says all those voices that goes in our mind and we project it saying that society is talking to us. I liked it very much. Rajesh, here you may be talking about maybe society in America, you know, maybe society in America, but in many parts of India or maybe other Asian countries, like wearing or maybe in the Middle East, wearing short skirts by girls is not allowed in the society, irrespective, you know, whether you like it or not, like or don't like it, especially in Middle East and all. You, you cannot wear short skirts. Women cannot wear short skirts and go. And even in India, like maybe in very urban areas, you can wear short, women can wear short skirts. But if you go towards more rustic areas or, you know, or not so developed areas, you cannot wear short skirts because of the amount of harassment that a woman or a girl may have to face. So it, it does matter what the society thinks or the people living there in majority what they think or how their mental makeup is. See, Alpana, you raised your hand. Yes, Sonali, what I wanted to say in this particular example, as a person, so I'm talking about if I want to wear a short skirts in say Middle East, I need to think whether mentally I am strong enough to face what people will say, irrespective of that, I am okay doing that. Then my swabhav is, I don't care what the world will say, I can wear the skirt. But if I do care about what people will say and cannot stand against it, then I should not wear it. And that is where we are saying the what you are doing should align to your swabhav. So my swabhav will define whether I should be wearing a skirt or not, not depending on what 
what people will say or not say. So actually, Swami Sarvapriyananda ji gave a very nice story on this one. There was one grandfather and a young kid. They were going from one village to another village and they had one little mule. Okay, so when they started, um, the grandfather said, oh, you will get tired. So he put the little kid on the mule and they were walking. The villagers started saying, Dekho, itne bade budde grandpa hai and khud hai mule pe. Because on a mule, you can only, you know, sit one person. So then this child gets very worried and he gets down and says, Dada ji, aap bet here. And now the Dada ji is going, they move forward. Then the villagers start saying, Dekho, itne bade hai, wo chota sa bachcha hai, wo niche ja hai. So then he gets down and he puts, he, he gets down and both of them start walking with the mule. Thoda sa aage hai, then the villagers start saying, Kaise hai? At least ek jana to sakta hai. So the world will not be happy in any situation. So what I'm trying to say is you have to see what your subhav is. Whether you are willing to, in a lot of cases, we don't care about the world, right? Not in all cases we do, right? So, so, no, no. so do Alpana, that. Alpana, here, here depends like, can you walk a skirt and walk around in Saudi Arabia? You'll get arrested. You'll get arrested. It's not what others say or what others think. No, you'll so get you are... arrested and can you afford that? You'll or you'll get lynched. Can you yes, afford that? So you don't. You wouldn't. You'll get beaten up. You'll get beaten up. So that's yeah, why that said okay. you don't want to no, be irrespective of whether I, I mean I cannot take get, getting beaten up or getting landing up in the jail or something so I will of course even if in a society it is not accepted I will not wear a short skirt whereas I come back to India I will wear a short skirt exactly. so it does matter what the society thinks it's not I mean it's not only what I think or what I can uh, take it it's not just only a question of saying what others say it's a question of how people treat you it's no, if it just if it just ends at what people say, the matter ends there. I mean, it doesn't matter. So many people say so many things, you can ignore it. But the way they treat you is what matters. You know, they'll beat you up, they'll lock you up if you wear that. Short maybe, skirt. Maybe short skirt is a bad you. example for me. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> hey, 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 uh, uh, Sonali, this is Lakshmi. Hey, uh, the thing is, well, if Again, your swadharma is to wear a short skirt, says but you're living in a wrong society then, right? If you want to, you have an option to move out of there and live in India or somewhere else or America. So you, you got to choose it, right? There are options, but that's uh, the bigger picture here is like moving towards the swarupa, right? So... Um, in, in a long run, short skirts or uh, things like that don't matter, right? That That's what we are getting at. And for example, right? And it take, I mean, I'm trying to give my example as, well, um, uh, I, I eat non-veg, right? I, um, I know um, it's not good for health. I mean, a lot of people are moving towards vegan. Probably I don't want to go extreme too. Um, but I'm used to after coming here, probably in India, I used to eat once a week, but after coming here, uh, almost every day, right? Um, so what can I do to 
uh, in a way to slowly wean it off. Maybe I can, if not every day, I can once or twice a week. So that's what I've started. So th there are there are options for everyone um, in materialistic stuff, but the whole idea is to see the big bigger picture and uh, move towards imbibe those twenty two qualities or twenty five qualities and go towards uh, Swarupa. That, that's my two cents. Well said, Lakshmi. I see two more hands raised. Let's go with Ranjani and Manu. Yeah, I was just going to tell um, Sonali that, um, you know, back to what Alpna was saying, I think some people are absolutely okay. Like, for example, you know, education, you know, in some countries, women are not allowed to go get educated, but people are fine getting shot and killed. And, you know, they still strongly believe in it and they still go to schools, you know. So if that is what your heart says, you won't care what other people are thinking. I mean, what society thinks, it doesn't matter to you. But some people, yes, they would care. They don't want to get killed and shot. So they would stay home. You know, they wouldn't go to school. So it's really what's your inner thing, regardless of what people say. You sh Some people are just fine, you know, regardless. Whether there's a problem, you know, there's so many people in <laughs> Middle Eastern countries that would go. Uh, so I think it just depends on what Alpna was back to what she was saying is what your inner thing tells you to do and what you strongly believe in. So just as an example. Hello. Yeah, and I think I was going to say something along similar lines. And uh, the example I'm thinking of is somebody like Gandhiji, who, you know, stopped for what he believed in, regardless of what, you know, the, the powers that be at that time, you know, would do to him. So there are, there are examples where, you know, people have stood up um, because they felt that, you know, what quote unquote society or the government was doing was wrong. And so they have stood up for what they believe was right. And, and I think that's in line with their swadharma, right? So he couldn't, Gandhiji couldn't just sit back and watch what was going on. It, it bothered him enough to do something about it. So I think uh, it's, it's, to me, it's like that, you know, whatever is the, whatever is the thing that you might have an issue with, you either decide to do, you know, go with what your heart says and maybe against what conventional wisdom says, or you fall in line with whatever conventional wisdom says, because that's your, um, you know, that, that's who you are. But I like, I also like Rajesh's uh, course correction, you know, analogy. I think that's a, a nice way to think about how to move to what, you know, where you want to go. Uh, make little changes, you know, over a period of time to get there. Anubhav, I know you've been struggling to raise the digital hand. No, no, um, mine was more with what Ranjani and uh, Manu were saying, but I think it is with when we take about examples and also with what Mukundan said, you know, we, we do something, if we want to move on towards Swadharma, it doesn't mean that what we're doing now is wrong, but as long as it's with Avidya and we acknowledge and we realize, then we move to the next step. And the examples could also be like hundreds in today's day and age, whether it's a cause we support, a political affili affiliation, whatever it might be, as long as we can um, stand by and justify or even rationalize it yes to a certain point but then also be open to moving on to another more 
um, rational or a more uh, spirit to a more ultimate goal that we are leading to. You can't be disagreeing to, for the sake of disagreeing, like having change for the sake of change. We need to have it. I mean, there has to be a logic and a rationale to it and or a, a knowledgeable decision-making process. And I think that that is what we need to remember. Uh, so if you're deciding to, you know, be a Malala, then you need to be able to see it right to the end. Or if you decide to be a Greta Thunberg or Gandhiji, as Manu was saying, you need to see that and your, your uh, conviction has to be solid and firm and as to why you're following that path. Kishore. Vidya, we go next with you after Kishore, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. So um, that is a, you know, we, we obviously saw the link between Swadharma and values, right? I think there is a link that um, we, we did discuss that. But I also want to point out um, that I do see a clear difference between what would be considered a universal value and what would be considered what is a societal value, right? Uh, what society considers as quote unquote morality, right? Because that one, I think we, we uh, there might be people who may disagree, right? What is the norm in one society, another society might disagree, right? In general. So, but with universal values, you, nobody can disagree because uh, it is at a much core level. So I think we are definitely talking along those lines uh, at the universal value level. So that is one point, and just to distinguish between morality as what society is normally considers today versus something which is more core, which is, which is the uh, essence here, right? And secondly, um, uh, you, know, you know, I'll come back to the second point, but I just wanted to uh, get to this uh, and, and point that out because it wasn't pointed out earlier. So let's make sure there is a distinction between, between those. Vidya. That was very good. Um, thank you. I wanted to just add to what uh, Anupama and um, Lakshmi, Ranjani and Alpana said, as well as Manu, that if, when they gave examples of uh, Malala or uh, Gandhiji, when Gandhiji or Malala had their Swadharma and were standing up to what they wanted, want, they believed, uh, if you notice, uh, they were very calm. So that's, that's where we are going into, right? So whatever we want to do, if it give, gives us peace of mind, if it makes us calm and not agitated, I think that's, that's going towards Swarupa. It's going towards our self-realization. It's a one step ahead going to our self-realization. And that brings us our Swabhava into Swadharma to Swarupa. So I just wanted to add that uh, distinction. Uh, and that, Sonali, that, maybe that will help you understand, you know, why people, even with riots and all, why, why they are, you know, calm during the riots, because that's what they believe in. Yeah. Um, and you may be, you know, you are believing in short skirts being not here or there. Uh, again, if you are calm at that moment, wherever you want to wear short skirts, that's, that becomes your uh, Swadharma. So I just wanted to point out that where you are calm and where you are yourself um, and at peace, um, I think that's where uh, we, we want to go move towards. 
Yeah, you know, uh, I, that was my actually my second point. So thank you, <laughs> uh, yeah. which is again uh, uh, my point to Ajay earlier as well. It finally comes down to that. Finally comes down to, you know, um, removing any agitations and hence remaining calm. Because uh, and this is uh, to me this is one other signal right towards that uh, towards that goal. And uh, here I just wanted to point out. Um, I know Swami P uh, used to say that. This, this process is in two phases, right? One is the preparing your mind phase. And then uh, once you're there, then being able to um, go higher uh, to, the, to the highest goal. So we, this would then fall under the preparing your mind phase, right? So uh, because you're calming your mind and with that calm mind, you can achieve more, right? So uh, yeah, so I, I kind of correlated, but th there is a correlation there in terms of, uh, you know, the goal being coming, coming to mind and removing agitations. Manu? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great way to think about it. And, and uh, it's a good criteria to use, right? That if what you're doing is you can do it calmly and it, it brings you peace, then, then that's the right thing for you to do. And if you feel agitated, while doing it, then that's not the right thing for you to do. So I think that's a good way to sort of know whether it's <laughs> whether you're on the right track or not. Right. Yeah. If you think about it, where does agitation come from? Right. Just if you ask yourself when you're doing something, where does agitation come from? If you're completely at peace with what you're doing, in the sense that if you're completely convinced, hey, this is the right thing to do, not just for me, for the greater good then there won't be agitation, isn't it? Um, but when you do something which is not in alignment with your nature, so you, you may not be good at it, or you may be doing something which um, uh, one way or the other is not in line with what your core values are, or what the universal value, you're violating something, there will be an undercurrent. And that undercurrent is going to cause agitation sooner or later. And you were, you cannot be at peace, right? So, uh, even in, so, definitely looking at it from that angle to see what, where are those agitations coming from? What is the source? That source will tell you what have you violated, in that case, right? So, um, but if there is no agitation, you have not violated something, right? And that typically happens when you're working with greater good in mind. In in then, uh, um, in that case, you're steadfast. So, if you take Gandhiji's example, then. Obviously, people are getting beaten up, people are getting locked in and so on. People are going through hardships. He could have always said, hey, you know what? I caused all these things, right? Some, a lot of people died along the way. I caused their death. That could be one line of thinking. Mm -hmm. Or you, you could be steadfast in knowing that all this is happening for a greater good. And, and hence, I am not, I'm still at peace with what I'm doing and, and going forward with that, right? So um, if you put yourself in his shoes and having to, bear those uh, occurrences that happened, then, uh, you know, he could have gone, he could have given it up in at various times, but that didn't happen. Um, so I think that can only happen if you are anchored to something much bigger okay. and you're able to stay with that, right? Actually, yeah, no, I just wanted to raise the same point as Kishore was raising. Again, using uh, Swami SPG's lecture, 
he uses three words and it's from a i don't remember the scholar's name who published the article that uh, any activity that you do there are three levels of happiness that you can get out of it one is um, the pleasure the second is engagement and the third one is meaning meaningful so if you're only getting pleasure out of either your job or your actions that you're doing then it'll be at a very superficial level the second is you feel engaged in doing that action then you will be um, you know what we've been talking about in the flow but that's again at your own level where you don't know that hours have passed by and you you're really engaged in it and then the third level is if it is more meaningful and you are touching more than you know just yourself but various lives etc so i thought that was a great uh, gradation in again deciding um whether the swadharma is taking you towards the swaroop i think we were discussing that point and and another thing i was reading was uh, there are two things that we need to do and that's in slight i wouldn't say contradiction exactly but so one is vasna shay and the other one is mano nash so when we were talking about that seeking if the seeking of worldly objects then it if it is out of desire even if it may not be i think yeah it does relate to a little bit about what we were calling as attachment but seeking any worldly object in my opinion is still a vasna so at some point i mean we do need to work towards doing that vasna shay and in fact if you are able to do vasna shay manonash will already happen because then the mind is that means not going towards different objects or you can start from the manonash side and what i was looking at this and how it relates to what i was saying was pleasure is more related to vasna and then engagement is actually more related toward the manonash because your mind is not flickering it's in the flow it's engaged it's focused so i thought you know these two things relate very well and these two things will take you towards your swarup so that's how the swadharma and swarup link as well well said albert uh, two more hands raised here on this predicted topic hopefully so shamala krishna mine is a question actually so we are we talking about this agitation in the mind being some kind of a you know um, tool with which we can understand whether there is an undercurrent and there is there is uh, are we deviating from our anchor you know kind of stuff right but there are also these agitations could also come from our past vasanas or tendencies maybe i am unable to do a particular activity a simple thing could be somebody trying to give up something that they are addicted to uh there are there are agitations that happen so in this case saying that if there is an agitation maybe we are doing something which is against our swadharma will make us give in to those tendencies right so how do we distinguish between an agitation which is more based on a value that taking us closer to swarupa or an agitation that we are purely getting from a past um vasanas tendencies and mental impressions one should be fought and the other should be i mean understood and gone along right there is a difference can you take a shot at it yeah so i think i think the uh, extremely um, 
you know, well-articulated question, uh, Shyamala. I think the way that uh, I understood this is unless and until we have a framework which says, okay, these, the, if you do these things, then you are moving towards your lighthouse. And if you do these things, then maybe you are going around in the whirlpool. Okay. So I think Gita provides that, that framework. And at, at, at this point of time, where it is introducing us is that it is telling us what the lighthouse is. Right. And now it is saying, anchor yourselves there. And now to Kishore's point, you know, the, uh, the, swadha, the dharma that we talk about, the, um, the common dharma, the Visesha dharma that we talk about, maybe we, we are struggling at two levels. One is at uh, even common dharma itself. For example, being truthful. You know, how often are we truthful with others when we are, when we are saying that it's a struggle. Okay. And uh, ahimsa, for example, that's a universal uh, dharma. Right? You're not expected to harm somebody because you don't want to be harmed. Very simple. Right? But we struggle with that as, that as well. So that is at one level. Now, if you are able to sort out in your mind saying, okay, what are my universal, what are the universal core values that, that we need to have? Which is what Gita is saying, okay, unless until you figure out what the universal values are and start living those universal values, then you will, you will not be able to, you're not going in the direction of your lighthouse. That's what it says. So the whole point is, you know, what are those two or three universal values where I as an individual falter regularly? For example, I may be a habitual liar. Okay. It could come in big ways or small ways. And I know it's my weakness. So at that point of time, I'll have to determine maybe for the next six months, I'm going to try to be honest. Right. And then what happens is just that one thing, you know, I'll go back to Swami Dayananda's example. It's like, you know, taking, eating, eating uh, noodles, you know, you, you just pick one noodle, just that one noodle will not come. There'll be other associated noodles which will come along with it. So you pick one value and you force yourself. Okay. Because you know, that is you're, you're not behaving in that right way. Then that noodle along with the noodle, you know, Satyam, Akrodham, all those things will start coming up. So that is one, one aspect of the common, common values. Then it comes to Swadharma, right? Swadharma, like the spe special personal values that you need to have because of particular role and whatnot. You know, there, you know, there could be a lot of gray areas. There could be a lot of, you know, one thing what is right for you may not be right for me and things like that, right? You know, I could be doing the same thing, uh, but it could be completely wrong for my situation than what you would be doing. But I would say that, you know, rather than look at the Swadharma, for, thinking about Swadharma first and getting confused over there, because there could be a lot of variations out there. If we focus on this universal values, then what happens is the mind will start becoming more sensitive, that it will start making sense of those individual personal values that also that you need to inculcate for your personal situation. And those will not go against your vasanas at that point of time. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Before, if, if, we, if, we, if we say, okay, you know, I don't care about the universal values, I want to figure out what my personal values is, then we will always get into that uh, quagmire of problems. Okay. Krishna, Muku. Yeah, I wanted to uh, actually answer the, the previous point, but it seems applicable to this also. So one, one point connecting about this, having this correct anchor and then the realization that there's a universal values rule of law that we all need to anchor to. Uh, Gandhiji based his full life on Bhagavad Gita. I mean, he said, like, even uh, if everything, all the other scriptures are lost, just preserve chapter two alone. We just keep reading that, we will get the message. And apparently, every day in Gandhi Ashram, they used to recite the entire chapter two or some set of shlokas in the evening. Uh, but one, one nice ironic point is that 
Nathuram Godse, who assassinated Gandhi, also used Bhagavad Gita as his justification. Apparently, he read it on the day of assassination and he thought, oh, I am going to do my duty. And Krishna himself said, Arjuna, go kill if you think somebody is doing wrong. And this person is doing like all these wrong things and I need to bring just like this completely perverted, different way of thinking that, that caused him to do that. So I'm, I'm glad like we are all discussing, none of us are going to that extreme. But, uh, but, but to figure out what the correct universal values are and to, and to use the scriptures to ground ourselves to the, to the, the right, right point. Yeah, it's uh, but, a very extreme example. Yeah. But Krishna, to your point, I read, I read this, I don't remember if it is a book or an article. It's called Why I Kill Gandhi, okay? By Nathuram ah. Godse. It's an amazing thing. You should read it if you want to read it. Ah, okay. We'll do. <laughs> yeah. Muku. Yeah, Krishna, uh, please do provide a summary once you have read the book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, th I think Shamla, I think that is a great uh, question, right? I mean, this question will repeatedly come in the, in the seeker's journey, right? Uh, repeatedly. I mean, once some of them are easier to answer, some of them are subtle to answer. Um, I think that's where what I find also is the luxury of a guru, an authentic guru. If you have one a, a guru who can guide you truly, uh, then the guru can is a huge help in navigating this this field, right? Whether I am I succumbing to a vasana or am I really moving towards Swadharma? That's a, always a question will come up. In, I mean, even as you're going through subtle and subtle layers, right? Like so it could be social conditioning, could be more, hey, I mean, I'm eating, I'm sleeping more, you know, am I, am I doing this right thing? I, I think a luxury of a guru uh, really solves this uh, this question you're, you're, looking, uh, you're talking about. They can really guide you to the right answers and not waste a lot of time, like Rajesh was saying, getting caught in whirlpools. Otherwise, there is a, it's a very tricky question. Even in the case of, in the case of uh, Krishna, right, in this old discussion where uh, Arjuna wants to stop the war uh, and then Krishna says, go fight, right? We talked about Arjuna becoming powerless. Uh, that's one of the bigger questions in Arjuna. If you read from Arjuna's perspective, right, he's asking, he, he's saying, I want to stop the war, but that is, that is moving away from his Swarupa, right? So Krishna as a guru is clarifying, no, no, dude, don't stop here move on because that's where the luxury of a guru comes in and and it becomes very important as you go through more more and more the subtle questions of life uh, i've seen that luxury of a guru really helps you just just a perspective that's their true value add and even the scriptural context truly they can tell for the individual context what is the what is the action that will move towards uh, swadharma Swarupa and what will the action that will move, move away from Swarupa? And this is again an individual vasana question, right? So there's no generic uh, framework available for that because somebody might be the same act in one could move towards Swarupa, the same act in other could move away from Swarupa. The act is irrelevant. The context of the individual's vasanas is important. That's That's been my experience. Yeah. It's the perspective. And Shyamla, I just wanted to add one thing. I think one part of your question also said that, you know, if you're trying to get away from something, that causes agitation as well, right? So I think taking an example of when I quit drinking tea, I think there was for, for 15 days, there was a lot more agitation in my mind than I was having by drinking tea. But that's okay because you know it's a shorter term one. And in the long run, the peace that will come out of it. So that I think should definitely be in the equation that not just talking about the agitation in mind at that point in time, but as a result of doing that whole thing, it will lead you to more peace. 
so then undertake it yeah but isn't isn't it the agitation we're talking about isn't it the agitation that comes with oh am i doing the right thing or is it any kind of agitation meaning so if you if you stop drinking tea if you know okay i'm doing this for the right reasons yes i'm feeling you know physically maybe or mentally something and that's fine but i'm doing it for the right reason so i'm not agitated because of the decision i'm just you know it's so i think to me that might be a little bit of a difference right that is the agitation being caused because of you know related to the decision like did i make the right decision am i doing the right thing versus you know just physical. some physical uh, yes but i thought yeah the question also had that angle to it in the beginning so i thought i'll just highlight that yeah but that takes me back to you know what even mukul said right uh, guru and i asked this question multiple times maybe on one hand we keep hearing that guru chooses you and you don't choose a guru and it all happens over a period of time but on the other hand we are also saying that's that that really helps channelize and you know maybe accelerate so how do people like us who at least this this is the biggest uh, you know guru forum that we have we don't have any other gurus is there i mean is is it a must to look for a guru i mean how how do we really approach it i'm conflicted i see vp rajesh immediately raised his hand on this i have the same question <laughs> <laughs> yes because uh, i raised my hand because rajesh knows that um, that's one of my questions i asked him almost a year ago and he has a blog post to uh, respond to that in response to that question um, the way i have understood it vidya is that uh, that's true that the guru will come to you um, but till then the way i have understood is that till then you just do what you think is right because perhaps you are not ready so when you are ready then you know the guruji will appear like for me for example i really felt this group became the guru um because there are a lot of people who could answer questions that i was struggling with and uh, and then you know hopefully one day when uh, this uh, you know group can't answer that question then uh, somebody else will appear so at least that's what i think and maybe not in this janma maybe next janma i don't know but i'm just saying that that's how i have at least resolved it in my mind that let's just wait and let it play out well said uh, vp i i was i'm in the same same boat as well like until the, the real guru happens swami google ananda and swami youtube ananda will be the <laughs> <temporary guru. laughs> and, and and the other thing is that in the last one year i mean if you think about it in last 15 months we have gotten to know so many gurujis like spg like swami pg like swami you know i can go on and on right so therefore i, I am just amazed by the uh, amount of information and uh, lectures that are out there and you know i've been listening to this uh, uh, gyani slash ragi who talks in gurudwara so i mean it's just like amazing that there's so much material out there so i i frankly don't feel the need yes that i really really needed to guide me and i think all these lectures and all these satsangs just help you get better at it and vp going back to your favorite bg bajagovinda satsangatve nissangatvam nissangatve nirmo exactly that's right the, yeah so satsang nirmo is important hatve. yeah 
even if you're talking the same thing, you know, I think it, it reinforces, it cuts in your grooves. Mm-hmm. And I think Bhaj Govindam, just, just Rajesh, since you brought it up, I think the more you read Bhaj Govindam, uh, it's amazing that how Shankaracharya ji has really, really, you know, boiled it down to the essentials. And, and you can very easily relate to those verses because you have experienced that. We all are, you know, 50 plus and I'm, it's very easy to relate, at least to me, uh, with whatever he's talking about. Just a plug-in for BG. <laughs> yeah, Muku. Um, so, Shambhal, I think the question you asked is, uh, see, Guru sometimes is not like an individual, right? Guru is like exactly, this forum is, is a Guru, right? Sometimes you look at a tree or you contemplate and something clicks. At that time, the tree is the Guru, right? So, the Guru is, is a concept. Uh, to, lot, to a large degree, right? Somebody, something that gives you a click or a deeper understanding to a question you have. And, and uh, what I've seen, at least in my life, and based on others who would, uh, would be had a guru is when the intensity of the seeking grows, right? So for example, sometimes it's a question, who am I is a question we ask once in three months or we remember once you come to this BG, you go back and you know, you, you're doing your, what is my swadharma is just a discussion point and life moves on, right? If we miss a couple of GDs, then we, and we go to a different topic, this goes away, right? So the intensity of the question and intensity of, that's the intensity of the seeker uh, that creates a vacuum for the cyclone to land, right? And generally it's, it's an effortless process from your side. You, I mean, you can do your part, right? To seek like you can YouTube or Google Ananda, like exactly what you're saying, how these forums or other forums these are all seeking, but generally when the intensity of the thirst goes, uh, the vacuum is created and the, 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 then you start seeing that out of all this, some guru, guru will emerge. And that doesn't necessarily need to be like a, somebody in a saffron. It's a concept uh, sometimes. You know, sometimes you may listen to somebody or, or you listen to a music and you may get answers to it. It's a more of a concept. I just want to give clarity. Sometimes it, if it's an individual who can talk, that's, al- that's an ultimate luxury. Right? Because you can ask and you can clarify, but sometimes it's also a concept. Uh, things just will reveal itself. Uh, so it's all of that is a good. Just want to. Yeah, yeah. So I have, I have two two things to make. I know it's out of topic for this particular thing, but maybe it's it it's, it may be a good thing for us to discuss this. Yeah. So I have two points, uh, Shamila. You know, to what uh, VP and uh, Muku were saying. The first thing is uh, uh, when you look at uh, you know a set of people who are driving in a particular direction, okay, towards self-realization and, and the, the rest of the people. It's just that everybody has the same sort of information, but some people are applying the information on a regular basis, right? And asking that question, am I going, am I going here? Am I going here? The very fact that, you know, we, we have been quote unquote, fairly regular to join in this particular uh, satsangs, what, what we are having shows that that, that innate Questioning, asking that particular thing is is going on in the back of my back of our mind. Now that will keep on taking one step at a time. You know, it's just think about it. It's, it's not it's not even the biggest ocean that you can imagine. We are talking about samsara sagar, which is like ocean of oceans and oceans of oceans. And and, and there are going to be a lot of whirlpools, and you know something or the other will come up and they'll take you to the next place and next place and next place. That trust should be there. What happens to most of us is that you know. Uh, Let's say that, you know, let's say that tomorrow, uh, Mr. X or Ms. Y comes in front of you and says, I am your guru. Okay. Do you think we'll believe that person? The chances are we will not because we are not mentally prepared at that point of time. So to Muku's point, right, you know, it does not matter 
Mr. X or Miss Y or, you know, some uh, tree comes and says, I'm your guru or, you know, doesn't matter what, it, I'm, just make, I'm just kind of, you know, uh, extending the argument. Let's not look for somebody. I'm saying, let's prepare the, let's prepare the soil. The seed has been sown, but the soil is still not fertile. Prepare the soil. Okay. Once it's prepared, the tree will sprout. That's one, one way of looking at it. The second way of looking at it is, you know, uh, going back to one of the Upanishads that I did, I think it is Khatopanishad, I don't remember. It says that there are always two birds sitting on a tree, the tree of samsara. Okay. One bird is your ego. One bird is that Atman, the true Atman. Okay. The ego is always restricting, uh, not restricting, the ego is always saying, ignoring the second bird and it's trying to enjoy whatever that need, needs to do. But the moment this ego decides that, oh, I think all these agitations that are happening in my mind is because I'm looking outwards. I'm enjoying the fruits of this tree. I need to go back to this other bird who is my life partner. Okay. Then it latches on to that particular anchor. When it latches on to that other anchor, then that becomes the guru. That is the time the ego breaks. So what I'm saying is whether you accept it or not, the moment your ego is transcended, then you'll find the guru. Just, just one highlight, I think, what Rajesh was saying, right? In Ramakrishna Paramahamsa's life, this very first Satori experience happens when he's walking in a field uh, and there's a, I think it's a swan or something is flying. He's just, is awed by a, like natural beauty of it. And that just puts him into a, into a first experience of uh, Samadhi. Uh, so there's not like a, somebody teaching him there. Uh, so the, the point is just like, like it, the transcendence can happen in many situations. It doesn't necessarily, I mean, all these are inputs to it, but it can just even happen otherwise. Just a, just an example from one of the master's life. So let's probably pivot the discussions uh, from Swadharma. It's a slightly related topic, which comes in the next shloka, what we've been reading about the concept of, you know, agitations being sin, right? I think, Muku, you started that and maybe, you know, let's spend a little time on that because I feel that it's an important thing. Sometimes the word sin is not, Papa is not equal to sin, okay? The English word sin is very, very dif difficult to understand. Uh, and it has probably, you know, because we've grown up in a different kind of a context, I have a different meaning of the word sin, but Papa has a different, uh, uh, different meaning uh, completely. So if, if you interpret the way that Swami Chimayananda says, Papa is agitations in the mind, you know, how can you stretch that to say, okay, when can I, when will I incur Papa? When will I incur Punya? Logically speaking, I'm saying. I thought like with uh, doing things that agitate you, the, the biggest, like irrespective of the later Papa and Punya coming is that instant karma you get of not being able to be happy. You're constantly agitated and you cannot sleep well. You will you'll always be very anxious and be worried or paranoid uh, when, when you do a sin, depending on kind of the, the range of the, the sin that, that it could cause something. So that kind of, I think, tells us some lessons about, oh, if I, in some extent, we make mistakes and then learn it the hard way. 
but then we uh, we slowly learn oh if i do anything like this is not this doesn't feel right to me uh, then the the good behavior is its own reward because the bad one will instantly uh, disturb you and you will not be able to be at at peace and sleep well um krishna i was about to say this thing and great question radesh um so i i heard in a in a talk i mean just just another perspective that that feeling that um of agitation is itself the papa that that's the instant uh, papa in this case right so uh, that's an that was interesting to me it is not well some of them obviously uh if you go into the in the in, in the karma theory then it goes into sanchita karma and all that however there are others which may incur immediately which is in this life and and this um one way to look at it is that mental agitation that results from it is itself the papa to to add some color to that uh in in the shakespeare's novel macbeth so macbeth invades king duncan and then he murders him and the way shakespeare beautifully says is he doesn't say he murdered king duncan or he murdered the king he says macbeth has murdered sleep it's a beautiful beautiful word that like always appeals to me and like in the rest of the whole play macbeth is never able to sleep and his wife will always kind of keep saying blood in her uh, hands no matter how much she obsessively keeps washing it and i thought that like the sin was so beautifully brought out in, in that particular scene so you'll murder sleep when you do a papa so uh here i would like to ask like is agitation only because of your karma or sometimes you can be agitated because of somebody else's karma too so we are doing our own self correction you know making notes of what our karma is correcting ourselves so that we don't agitate get agitated but many times i can give examples many times we are agitated because of other people's karma i can give one very simple example like in bengal uh, please don't quote me here but if you want to make a house you have to get uh, your the raw materials from certain uh, vendors who belong to the part the syndicate and you have to bribe them to build a house so i i mean everybody is very agitated for that so is it my karma i want to build a house and have to you know pay money to a syndicate to build the house so i mean not always uh, i am agitated because of my karma but i am agitated because of other people's karma also i think rajesh said something but he's muted rajesh you are muted Rajesh, you are still muted. Yeah, we cannot hear you, Rajesh. Yeah. Sorry, I was double muted. I said Alpana and Kishore. Actually, I was uh, I was uh, first trying to add just one more point before Sonali's question. That uh, yes, it's a it's a great measure if the mind is agitated, then it's uh, it's something wrong. But even before that, what causes or the cause for sin? or what we call as pop or demerit is the intention with which the action is done so not the action itself but it's the intention which actually decides whether it's a it's a demerit or a pop or a or a sin mm-hmm. 
so that was my um, that's that's one point i wanted to add and yeah i can take a shot at you know what sonali you were saying i think uh, what we are saying at the moment what we are questioning is whether our action is creating pap or punya so what you are referring to is what we are uh, experiencing so that agitation of mind is coming probably through either prarabd or, or whatever so that's slightly uh, i mean so so not only our own sin will cause agitation of mind but also because of our prarabd etc is is what so, i can uh, so so you mean all the people living in bengal maybe i'm just giving an example hypothetical not very rural maybe are uh, they have lot of difficult prarabd karma so they have to experience this um uh, not everybody we get some will be but majority i'm saying majority i mean no, you have prarabd some, karma some would be quite okay Just right living all is that is that what it is i'm saying uh, 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 they will be agitated by it as well either right <laughs> some people are quite okay with, with you know with the flow <laughs> is going so i so, think it's also uh, you know how you deal with that agitation that adds or you know adds to your your own pap or punya your own karma right how you deal with that agitation so if you say okay you know this is how it is if i have to do it fine you know this is whatever i have to pay extra but this is what i have to do to build my house uh, okay you know i just take it uh, uh, so that's one way of doing it another way might be why oh, i have to stand against these things because you know i completely disagree with how these things are being done and i will stand no, against but, it no but it, right? it is like you are first of all it's against yeah i mean you know the the value thing i i'm because it's like uh, even rajesh was saying right that sometimes if you say if you're telling the truth in one situation that is the right thing to do but in another situation maybe it's not the right thing to do and it really becomes very context driven um you know so the the whole concept of values while we know that yes these are the values we want to aspire to how we sort of implement them in different contexts uh can you know be different based on Uh, i mean what, what is the right thing to do may be different based on the context so i'm i'm also a little you know unsure of that i'm you know because things like uh, you hear a, you know stories of like robin hood right they robin hood was robbing people and you know doing all kinds of bad things he was doing it in his minds for the right reasons because he wanted to give the money to the poor people so what is right what is wrong you know so you can see it in different ways but i think it's for that individual you know what is what is right for me is what you have to focus on no but but like, this is same like bribing you know you 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 are like bribing and then you are encouraging corruption you know i mean you're not doing the right thing because you are encouraging more and more corruption but if you don't have a choice either because right. in this case like you have to build a house you know if you have to live here you have to build a house at the same time you are bribing and you are encouraging corruption and this is like uh, just a very big vicious circle that yeah. you get yourself entangled in yeah but you know again i i feel like the agitation you experience that 
you can have some control over it. But, and, and that's big by, you know, learning these, these uh, you know, reading these scriptures and understanding what is, you know, what the bigger picture is that can help you, uh, you know, control your, your own agitation due to external factors. So that, that, that I think is different from um, the agitation you experience because of a certain decision that you make. Or go back to the formula FIR, right? FIR. Yeah. You know, if, let's say that you know, we, are, we, are, we are regularly bribing people to get things done. Then over a period of time, we have to reduce the frequency of that particular bribing. And over a period of time, it will drop. Incidentally, by the way, I learned that you know, Azim Premji, for example, uh, as a person, despite his wealth and everything, you know, he he apparently stood in the queue to get his uh, some permit done for some building that he had to construct. Okay, and he never he could have gotten it done by multiple ways, and he was very powerful enough, but he never did it because it was a matter of principle. Second thing is, I have personally seen Azim Premji as a person to fly in economy because always in India because he never felt the need to fly business. So the point is, you know. There are people who exhibit the particular characteristics. Now, coming back to Sonali, to your point about bribing, right? Just yesterday, I watched this movie. It's a Kannada movie. You know, you might, uh, some of you may not enjoy it. It's not a great movie, nothing. It's called Act 1976. Okay, it's about some act in uh, in in the in the government uh, government of India acts. Where it talks about uh, you know not able to fire government employees because of their government workers and all that. So basically, the story is about there is this pregnant woman. Who, becomes a human bomber and she goes and sits in one department of agriculture office and she wants to blow up everybody okay and it's a story of her and the whole point was she had been wanting to get some things done from that particular office and the office wanted to everybody in the office has been asking her bribe okay and then finally she decides that you know it's not worth it anymore and she wants to go and blow up that entire office and in the whole process, she dies. Okay, that's the, the the point is not the point is not about what the story is all about. The point is she was a committed individual in the particular story who never decided that she's going to pay a single paisa bribe, and for that she paid a price. The price was with her death. That was acceptable for her. That's what I'm trying to say. I think quick one from me, uh, Sonali. Uh, you said building a house is a must. No, there is a choice. You can live in a rented house. <laughs> you don't have to. The second option is you can buy in a condo where the builder is going through all of that. You can buy it from there. Because I refused to buy a house in Bombay because they wanted 40% black money. And I said, I'm not paying it. They told me even options how to make your white money black. I said, no, I'm not doing it. I will not no, buy it. This is, this is just an example I'm, I gave. There are still different options and choices. But oh, I yeah. personally, like, I, this is just an example I gave. I, I, I did not make any house myself personally or did not experience it. These things I read in the paper and, you know, in what happens in Bengal. And my one first-hand experience was uh, in my grandparents' house, our neighbor, while they were selling the land. So they basically... Mold and the sons voted off to the land, they had to pay about 20 or 30 percent to the local political party, you know. So they have to give that. So, so you know, I mean, this is just uh, it is. I, mean, I don't know where, where all this comes. We, we do will have some choices, and if we are not ready to do that, I don't think yeah, it 
it's worth the agitation of mind of you know going through that path as well then is what i can say so we also sold some land and you know like we have to be very careful let's take a time out let's take a time out let's take a time out sorry it's 727 and uh, uh, you know sonali just to let you know that this is been recorded so i just want to don't want you to get into something that would put you into trouble later on okay so muku especially you are living in bengal now okay muku and uh, sure. yeah we have this two two hands raised and then we will probably uh, close this session today so i'll just make a quick point i think kishore touched on this right i think this whole question of agitation of mind Uh, i think the discussion is when it is okay or you know discussion is driving if i get agitated uh, i think i think kishore just brought a very beautiful point thanks kishore for that right it is you know the, for the scriptural context the agitation of the mind is the bad papa right or a bad karma right why you get agitated is individual context based on vasana somebody may feel strongly about driving somebody may not care right that's what the whole context is but the the whole journey here is moving to a state of uh, swarupa where there's no agitation of the mind or there's always i'm going to use the word powerfulness right there's no powerlessness in life powerlessness is when i'm agitated when i'm angry when you know when i feel like a victim all of them we go through that any time as humans as people we are re- reacting in the powerless emotion that time we are in we are kind of in a bad papa state right again not with a i'm using word papa not the word sin consciously here um, so any time we are observing our life in a in a agitated state or making in a power powerless reaction those are the times we need to look at say hey, how do i uh, move away from it so that is the papa right why does not really matter that's the that's i think the subtlety there vidya so um i think we were talking all about papa i just wanted to talk about punya um so <laughs> i feel that you know if you are selfless if you do something selfless um that's when i felt that i get punya you know that that's who i am when i'm selfless that's when i feel very good and as muku said i feel very powerful and i'm not doing for myself uh, so i just wanted to wrap this up with you know what is punya <laughs> Uh, we have butchered papa quite a bit but i think we should focus on punya and uh, maybe selflessness and uh, maybe a lot of love and uh, seeing in a different way context that's why i told vidya you should not leave the gd midway <laughs> well last time it was good that's mukundan mukundan was uh, saying you know take away avidya so <laughs> he was bringing all the vidyas together i could you know get out of the call <laughs> okay that that is really good uh, uh, you know good closure the last word like like what i would uh, you know like uh, shakespeare would say krishna you you missed you missed your slot i used your words okay <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh, i think uh, we are well on time today 731 so uh, i feel that for the next week we should move on i think there are some parts of this thing we did not discuss but i feel that we should move on to 38 39 and 40 shlokas the three shlokas so i just looked them up if uh, if you can um, you know go through these three things and let's discuss move our discussions to that that i think that would be very helpful i'm pretty sure this concept of swadharma is not going to go away um, you know ever it will keep keep coming back but uh, you know we'll have to move on from the from from discussing that part of it to something else i'm pretty sure you know like the noodles it'll all tie up sooner or later okay 
So it's 38, 39, and 40 next week. Okay. And uh, one thing, uh, next week, I may not be here. Uh, I, I, I may have to go, uh, go, uh, go somewhere to, uh, to pick up my daughter. But uh, I will be an audio, but, uh, uh, you know, we can, one of you can probably, you know, moderate this GD uh, at that time. Okay. All right. So with that, uh, let's get to our concluding play. <clears throat> Om Asatoma Sadkamaya Tamasoma Jyotirkamaya Mrutyorma Mrutangamaya Om Shanti 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 Sri Guru Pyo Namaha Hari Om Sarve Janas Tukhino Bhavantu Om Shanti 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 Thank you so much. Great, GD. Enjoy. Let's go do Aswadharmas. Thank you. Well, sleep, sleep well. <laughs> <laughs>